Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. God bless. Rest. I mentioned a few weeks ago that the Lord had given a, a word to me through song as I was on my way to pick up some and, and uh, as I was picking them up on the Sunday morning two weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, uh, the song that I heard many times was just saying, slow down, slow down. And I knew that the Lord on that particular morning, that particular time that I was listening to this particular song was saying, Dave, you need to slow down. You need rest. You need rest. I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're at that place as well, just saying, I need rest. I need to slow down, perhaps. Oftentimes, the rest needs to come not as we are alone, but as we would be with others. And in particular, that we would be together with them for encouragement. You know what? The enemy likes to separate he wants to separate us when we're going through something that we're all alone and isolated. I'll tell you, that is not of the Lord. When you say, hey, I'm at the worst point in my life, it is not of the Lord that we go into hiding. We don't let anybody else know where we're at, but that we would be very determined, I need to be with others. I need to be, and I'm not just talking to any others, I'm talking about the family of God. I need to be in the house of the Lord. And we need to recognize that it is not just this rest that would come with the family of God to be in the house of the Lord. I'll tell you, the enemy will do whatever he can to keep you from the house of the Lord, especially as we see the day of the Lord approaching especially as we see that day approaching, he will do whatever he can to keep you apart from the body of Christ because he knows that the body of Christ will never be overcome. So what does he want to do? He wants to separate you and cut you off from the body of Christ. The rest that we need, in that rest we need to be yoked together we need to be yoked together with one another. And above all, we need to be yoked together with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read from Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. You know this passage. It says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I don't know where you're laboring, but you're laboring. I don't know what heavy burden you're carrying, but you're carrying a heavy burden. And the Lord is saying, I want you to come to me and I will give you rest. I am going to give you rest. And the enemy, once again, would have us be apart from him. Take my yoke upon you, uh, upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. To learn from me, the thing of 
gentleness, of moderation, not of extremes. Lowly in heart, humble. I'll tell you, pride is a nasty thing. It keeps us apart. I can do it on my own. You will find rest for your soul. I'll tell you, the part that is most impacted oftentimes is not just our spirit, but our soul. That's the seat of our emotions, our feelings, our thoughts, the way we think, what we're thinking. And the Lord is saying that there would be rest for your souls. To have rest for the, the part of us that feels the part of us that, that struggles emotionally. The Lord is saying, I want to give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You might say, what are we talking here, yoke? Are we talking egg yoke? What is a yoke? The yoke that he is speaking of here is the, is the yoke that with the illustration of two oxen being together. Just last week, we were in the middle of Amish territory where they don't do things with big tractors out in the field, very, uh, farmland. And I saw a single man standing on the back of a I think it was some sort of harvester at this point in time. And it was being led by four horses. It was being pulled by four horses. And there was a huge swath that was being harvested as this man just stood on the back. And these four horses, yoked together, were moving forward and taking in a harvest. So that yoking together is that they were all, they were in a line abreast, four abreast. And they were attached to each other. They couldn't, if one went this way or that way, it would throw everything off. But there was a yoking together that they were going in one direction and, and turning. They were going in a straight line as the, the, the man at the back was, was guiding them. The Lord is saying, listen, I, I just, I want to be the one that will guide you. And I want to be yoked together with you. I want to be there with you in the worst of times and in the best of times. I want to be the one that leads you and guides you and directs you on a daily basis. Not just a few times when we get together during the, the week. I love the one part. The cross. And the age to age aspect of the cross. From age to age. And it says. In this song. Maybe we can sing it again. Hour to hour. It's just not for the generation. Or even the age. That we are in the cross. And we're going to be having communion shortly. But that there would be this thing of from hour to hour, I am yoked 
with the Lord. Today we are going to be remembering. You might say, why communion? Why did the Lord institute communion? There's a few things that he instituted. Another thing that he instituted was water baptism. I want you to do this. When a person gives their life to the Lord to be a follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to baptize. We're going to have a baptismal service next Sunday. We got five that are being baptized. I just say, thank you, Lord. Yeah. I think it's the first time that I'm going to have uh, a father and a son being baptized in the same time. I've baptized many people. A father and a son, praise God, on Father's Day. What a beautiful thing. So good. Hallelujah. Something that we would do as a reminder regularly, the Lord instituted this, is to recognize the importance of it. The importance of communion in our life. We need to recognize his body that was broken, the bread, his body broken, the cup, his blood shed for us. We have right standing with God. The reminder is our standing with God, how we have right standing with God. To be just before God. To be justified before God. That means to be as you ought to be before the Lord. In Galatians 2 verse 16, it says, Knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even uh, we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For the works of the law, by the, by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Hallelujah. But if we, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. So as we are seeking to be right in right standing with God and we are found to be sinners, is it because of Jesus Christ? Is he the one that is, is a minister of sin? Of course not. Certainly not. However, <clears throat> if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. And he's, so what are we talking about? The things that are destroyed. The things that we, should, we need to put away. It says, for I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. The thing that we cannot go back to for our salvation. Listen to me. The thing that we cannot go back to for our salvation is the keeping of the law. And the keeping of commandments. You guys say... Pastor, how does this work? It says, let me read again. For, it, for I through the law, the keeping of the law, which is the commandments, all the commandments, 
die to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in this flesh, in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not, now listen, this is, this is a critical verse here. I do not set aside the grace of God, the favor of God, the unmerited favor of God in my life. We don't want to set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, me keeping the law, then Christ died in vain. I say, Jesus, your work is not enough. I have to keep the law for my salvation. I have to keep the commandments. And so I place, but there's a shift of faith from Jesus Christ and him crucified to keeping the law. And so now I'm building back the law, which I put aside to believe in Jesus. And I build the law back up to say, no, I'm saved by how good I am. And what happens then I say to God, Jesus died in vain for me. Wow. Will I live life according to self? Will I live my life as a believer according to my own efforts? Will I live life according to another faith in something other than what he did for me? Where's our faith at? Communion is a regular reminder of where our faith needs to be. In his body that was broken and his blood shed for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Do not put yourself in that position. Don't put yourself in that position. So it's a reminder of what should be most important in our lives. The most important thing, the most important thing that ever happened from the beginning of time, 6,000 years ago, when Adam and Eve, when Adam was created, and all the universe was created, right until this day, in 2023, the most important thing that happened was Jesus going to the cross for us. Because it is only there that we can be justified before God. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. How wonderful that is. How beautiful that is. Communion is a reminder of where the power and the wisdom of God flows through. To bring life as we believe in his finished work on the cross. And we recognize that for some, even as believers in the church, within the community of the church, that there is some that are sick and or have even died prematurely because of a casual attitude towards Jesus' 
body being broken and his blood being shed for us. Say, really? This, this part of 1 Corinthians 11 is usually or oftentimes not read because it seems a little bit on the negative side. I like, I like the fact that the word of God is straight up with us. And so this communion in A.D. 33, I mentioned 1,990 years ago, this institution of this reminder that it would not be taken lightly. I'll tell you, there are people that just, they go through communion. It's a ritual, a religious ritual. That's all it is. There is no understanding of the meaning of communion. And there's just lines are formed and, and they just go through the motions oftentimes without an, an understanding or even a faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Listen what Paul writes. He says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So this bread that you're taking, remember, this is symbolic of my body that was broken for you. So take it in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This is an agreement. This is a new thing. In the Old Testament, it was all about the sacrifices of animals, and it was a foreshadowing of what would come ultimately, the Lamb of God slain for us. This, is, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Remember that my blood flowed for you. My blood flowed for you. In 1 John 1 verse 7, it talks about the blood of Jesus. In verse 8, 1 John 1 verse 8, it talks about, and it's talking about sin in verse 7. In verse 8, it talks about if you say that you have not sinned, that you are a liar. No truth is in you. There is no truth in you if you say that I haven't sinned. We have all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just by the confessing to him and recognizing the blood that was shed. There is nothing that can take away sin or even the stain of sin. We can repent, but the stain of sin is still there. There's nothing that can take that away except the blood of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is saying, listen, when you take communion, you remember these things. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Do you know that there are some denomination, I would say we don't even recognize the death of Jesus Christ because it was a failure, that he was overcome. They don't talk about the death of Jesus Christ. Now, they focus on the resurrection. They don't talk about the death. It was a failure. Do you know 
Jesus, we, the reason we have communion is to remember his death. Because in his weakest moment, you would think, he took care of all the sins of all mankind, if we would believe, from beginning to end, in one moment of time, by his death. So even as he hung on the cross, and his body was broken before and, and during, and even as the blood began to flow before and as he was crucified, there is victory for us. We have won the victory. This morning, I'll tell you, the songs that were sung was just, just resonating within me. It's the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. Now listen, I want to continue here. Verse 27, and this is the issue that we have at times within the body of Christ. This was to the believers. Paul was writing not to the unbeliever, but he was writing to the believers in Corinth. He says, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. If we drink it in an unworthy manner. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And so I, I want to clarify to each and every one, as we take communion, do not take it lightly. Do not just take it casually, not discerning the work of the Lord on the cross, not discerning the body of Christ that was sacrificed for us. Once again, I, I, this song that we sang, I don't know which one it was. Was it God, God is so good? The cross from age to age, from hour to hour. Oh, man. I'll tell you, when, when I recognized the truth of this, the weight that was on me to perform, to be good enough, to make it to heaven was lifted off of me. I got saved. I was filled with the whole, saved at seven, filled with the Holy Spirit at 14. But there was such a work, even in, for many years, I need to be a good person. Of course, we need to be a good person. But it was almost like I was basing my salvation on my works. And that was the big mistake. And I just couldn't. And I'll tell you, there was no rest. I had no rest. It didn't matter how hard I worked, how, how much I did, all the different things I did, there was no rest because I'm not doing enough. I need a rest. To discern the Lord's body. Why did you die for me, Jesus? It's so that I don't have to Keep the law. The law was a good teacher. It was a good schoolmaster. It allowed for us to recognize, oh man, we can't keep the law. And that's why there were sacrifices already instituted with the law. There was sacrifice. Read through Ex Exodus and Leviticus, and you recognize everything that was instituted, all leading and pointing to the ultimate sacrifice in Jesus Christ. Because we can't keep the law. We are just not strong enough. We are not good enough. We are not capable enough. 
And I just thank the Lord. Oh, I can have rest. To discern the Lord's body. I understand why your body was broken. I understand that I can have healing in my life. And I understand why your blood was shed. Because it takes away the sins. Even as I would place my faith in Jesus Christ. And what he did for me on that cross. Hallelujah. My sins are taken care of. That I would not say, well, oh, if it's taken care of, I can continue to sin. As Paul writes in Romans 6, he says, God forbid. God forbid that we continue on because of the grace of God. Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. But that we would not take for granted his body and his blood that we would discern the Lord's body and his blood shed for us. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. Weak. Just can't do it. You can't, listen, you can't, you can't go through life. You cannot function properly when your faith is in the wrong place. You will struggle because you're weak. Because you are attempting to do things in your own strength. I don't care how disciplined you are. I'm a disciplined person for the most part. Some of you may be more disciplined than I am. But I don't, I don't care how disciplined you are. You will, be, you will not be strong enough to live right before God on your own. We need to be yoked together with him. We need to be yoked together with him. So, if, if we, this thing of rest, the rest can be taken from us. To, to have rest, it can be taken from us. And it's not, it's decision, a decision we make on our own. So when we take casually what he accomplished for us on the cross, there will be things happening in our lives. This aspect of weakness, of sickness. Sometimes we don't even go to God when we're really sick. God, I don't, I'm not sure you can take care of this. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not saying the good things that doctors and good medication, because there's a lot of bad medication out there, like we're talking nasty, that are being prescribed now. I, I couldn't believe, I was talking to somebody yesterday, the things that they're, they're saying, hey, go ahead, have more drugs. We'll supply you with the drugs. And we'll supply you if you're having an overdose or whatever, you know, we will come and we'll resuscitate you. But here's the drugs, go ahead. There's some pretty nasty things out there. And there's sickness that comes. That we would say, Lord, I'm going to trust in you. Once again, I, I'm not, you say, Dave, have you gone to a dentist before, or, or a doctor or dentist or whatever? Sure I do. But I recognize the power of Jesus Christ in my life. 
his strength and power within us. So I'm not casual about the body, his body and his blood. I recognize it from hour to hour daily, not just once a month. God forbid that you shouldn't be here on a communion Sunday and you miss a reminder. doesn't matter. My faith in, is in who he is and what he did for me on that cross. I can put on the wrong yoke. I can put on a different yoke, a yoke of bondage as a believer. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. How did he make us free? It's by his broken body and his shed blood for us. He made us free as our faith was there. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Don't get back into a yoke of bondage where you are tied to something that is dragging you down. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. He uses just one thing of the Old Testament, a part of the law, circumcision. Uh, I think it's the eighth day for, for men. Just one thing. The Jews said, you need to be circumcised. He's taken one of the law of the 613 laws that were given in the Old Testament. He's just taken one. And he says, if you become circumcised, circumcised and that is where your salvation, I am saved because I'm circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. If you're going to keep one law, you need to keep every single one of the laws flawlessly. Can't be done. And so he says, verse 4, you have become estranged from Christ. So no, you are no longer yoked with him. Now you are yoked in a yoke of bondage. And so you are yoked with something different. You have become estranged. That means you be, you're, you're apart from the Lord. So he's right with you. Now you're apart. I'm doing my own thing. And you're moving. You'll find yourself. I'm moving further and further from God. The harder I try, it doesn't matter. I'm estranged from God. I'm distant from God. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace, from the favor of the Lord. My salvation is in self trying to keep the law to be a good person. You have to keep the whole law. It cannot be done. And in the process of attempting to keep the law, we fall from grace as we move further and further apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Beautiful. How easy. How do I get yoked to Jesus? The Spirit of God eagerly waits for you to place your hope in the righteousness of Jesus Christ by faith. Thank you, Lord. 
your righteousness. The Holy Spirit, as soon as we say my faith is in Jesus Christ, his body broken, his blood shed for me, his sacrifice for me on the cross, there's a yoking with him. We are yoked together with him. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. If it's anything that we do or don't do, but faith working through love. Our faith in Jesus Christ, working through his love that was demonstrated to us even before we were right with him. It's in that love. I just say, thank you, Jesus. What? I can have rest. Even in the working, from day to day, I am yoked together with Jesus Christ. I'm yoked together with him. Hallelujah. And so it is made so much easier, because I'll tell you right now, it is Jesus, the one. He is the one that does the pulling, especially when I'm tired. Oh, can't do this. Hey, Dave, let me take care of this. Rest up. I'm carrying you. I'm going to carry you. Let me, let me pull. Let me get you through this. Listen to me. Listen to me. Some of you are going through situations. And you don't know what to do. You don't know how you're going to get through it. You say, how can I continue on? I'll tell you, some of you need to make a change in course direction because you're doing it on your own, that you would trust in the Lord, that you would be yoked together with him. And that you would just say, Lord, I'm, I'm not my righteousness, your righteousness. My faith is in you. I'm connecting with you because I need you in these times. I need you in these times. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we can put on the wrong yoke. This yoke of bondage, it is a yoke of bondage. Bondage constrains and it restricts and it, it, is, it, it pulls us down. But now the righteousness, I love what it says in Romans 3.21. It says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Not righteousness by the law, righteousness apart from the law is revealed. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, the law was pointing. That's why I say the law was a good schoolmaster, a good teacher, recognizing we can't do it on our own. And so that even the law and the prophets were pointing. There is one coming. There is one coming. There is one coming. You need to trust and believe in him. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We can't make it on our own. But the righteousness comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Being justified freely to be made right in God's eyes freely by His grace through the redemption He's bought us that comes in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. This is what God says. This is how it's going to be. I've made a way. Jesus is the payment. He is the ransom for you. He has bought you. He is, this is a propitiation by his blood. Through faith, your faith, to demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his forbearance or patience, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at this present time his righteousness that he might be just 
and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Wow. Simple. Rest. Rest. Have rest. And not alone. With him. I'm resting with him. And even if there is to be a moving forward, and I can't go forward anymore, man, he is carrying me. Just a few things. The yoke of bondage. We open ourselves up to the influences of this world. Do not love the world or the things in this world, for if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of, the, of this world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. The will of God is be yoked together with my son. That's the will of God. This world is going to pass away. So we get influenced to, with a yoke of bondage to the things of this world that they would be let go of. You can't serve God and mammon. Mammon, the things of money. Oh, if I had more money, if I just had a little bit more income, everything would be okay. No, no, no. Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be yoked together with Jesus Christ. We open ourselves to the powerful influence of our own flesh. We are fleshly. It says in Romans 8, 5, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. So even the, the things of, of trying to be disciplined according, that discipline, that self-discipline is coming from ourself. So even with that, trying to do the right things, it is according to the flesh, and we unfortunately set our minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, to the Holy Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind, the human mind, the fleshly mind is enmity or is opposition in battle against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Can't, there's no way. Even keep trying to keep the law, you can't do it. And even when it comes to wanting to keep the law, I don't care. I'll do my own thing. In Galatians 5, 16, it says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the, the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, listen, you are not under the law. Hallelujah. The yoke of bondage allows for the enemy into our lives to influence us. His thoughts, his lies, his pride, his arrogance. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. The enemy is very real. Don't give him an opening. I read this the other week and it just stood out to me. This is Ephesians 4. And there's a whole whack of things about the things that were, once again, it says, let me start from verse 25, Ephesians 4, 25. Therefore, putting away lying, which means the believer, he's talking to the church, the Christians in Ephesus, 
you can lie. As a believer, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Do you know that you can give place to the devil if you hang on and harbor uh, anger and bitterness within you? Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil, which means that can happen. Man, you, if you need to get right with somebody, get right with them. Forgive. Let him who stole steal no longer, which means we can steal, continue to steal, but rather let him work, labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, which means that we can do these things, the things even that we say. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We grieve the Holy Spirit by going according to the flesh. As I read in, in uh, Romans and in Galatians, there's an opposing. Man, that stinking flesh needs to be put down daily. In James 3, I read this a number of times over the last number of months. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. James is talking to the believers. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. This is to the believers. This can be going on in our life because I am yoked to a yoke of bondage. Lord, let that yoke be taken off me. I want to be yoked together with you. I want to be yoked together with you. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. This all by the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm yoked together with him. Hallelujah. Jesus said, then he said to all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Lord, I'm yoked to you and what you did for me. That's why we have communion. That's why we remember what he did for us. I want to come after you. I'm going to deny myself. I'll take up the cross daily, hour by hour. I'm yoked with you. What you did for me on the cross is I need rest. I need rest. I need him. When I can't do it anymore, he's going to carry me. He's going to carry you. He is going to carry you. He is not going to say, oh, you're too much work for me. I'm getting out of this yoke. Jesus will never get out of the yoke. That, that tying in with you, unless you say, hey, I'm going to do my own thing. You're, what you did for me is not enough. I got I to gotta do that work on my own. Hallelujah. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Lord, I'm crucified. I'm, I'm giving my life up. I'm crucified with you, Lord. If I try to save my own life, I, I, I tie in with the yoke of bondage a yoke to this world, a yoke to my own flesh, a yoke to the enemy, a yoke of bondage. 
let the yoke be broken. Let the yoke of bondage be broken in your life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The things that you are yoked to that are, you say, I can't get rid of it. I'm telling you now how to get rid of it. Even as we have communion, Lord, the yoking that I have had with this thing or this thing, this person, my own flesh, the enemy, I'm breaking it now. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. My testimony is Jesus Christ, His body broken for me, His blood shed for me. That is my testimony. That is my victory. That is what I'm going to be yoked to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I will have rest. You say, Pastor, will, will life be easy from that point on? No, we know it's not going to be easy. As we read in Romans chapter 5, it talks about being justified by faith. And even should tribulation come, tribulation brings perseverance. I will persevere. I will make it through. And perseverance brings character. In the process of going through the tribulation and the storm, I am being built up. My character, who I am, I am becoming stronger and stronger. I'm becoming more and more like Jesus. Not less and less like Him, but more and more like Him. Hallelujah. And even character that says there's hope. In the process, there is hope. And hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I say thank you, Lord, for your word to us. Praise God. Praise the Lord. All of this as we are yoked together with him. Hallelujah. To finish the race, it's a race of life, it's a race of faith. I just saw yesterday that the 400 meter run was the, the female race that was done. They broke a record. For the two mile race, they didn't know they had a two mile race. They start four laps around a 400-meter track plus 18 meters, 18.3 meters. They add on it to make exactly two miles. Was broken. The world record that had stood to break the four-minute mile, when that was accomplished about 100 years ago, it was like, what a huge accomplishment to run under a four-minute mile. But to run two consecutive it was broken by four and a half seconds, which is huge. I think it was seven minutes and 54 seconds or something to run two miles. It was broken. The race that we run is, is way more than a, the, the thing of a two-mile race or a 400-meter race. It's a race of life. It is a race of faith. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, every yoke, 
We're letting it go. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How? Looking to Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He went to the cross so we could finish the race. Despising the shame of, this, the, the, of the cross, naked, hanging on, the, on a cross, naked. And he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God that we could be with him for all eternity and on this side of heaven have life and rest. Hallelujah. Can we stand together? If I could have somebody just bring me some uh, communion cup here. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Or by the hearing of faith? Was it by the, by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How did you receive the Spirit? Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh, by your own effort? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? This morning, the hearing of faith. Lord, I am going to be yoked together with you. I understand the reminder, his body broken and his blood shed for us. Now, before we take communion, I've, I've talked about this fact that we can take it unworthily. If there is anybody here in this place that you know about Jesus, you might even be religious and go to church regularly, but you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. You've never asked Jesus or confessed your faith in who he is and what he did for you on the cross. You might know about it, but you've never said, no, this is what I'm going to place my faith in. Jesus Christ and him crucified. His body and his blood shed for me. That's where I'm going to place my faith for life. For every single thing of life, that's where I'm going to place my faith. If you've not done that, I'm going to give you an opportunity in, in just a short moment. Not only would you know it, but that you would say, I'm going to receive Christ into my life. He, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. 2,000 years ago, his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God, even those that believe on his name, who are born not of the flesh, nor of blood or the will of man, but are born of God the moment we receive Jesus into our life. So we're going to do that right now together. And this morning, we're going to break the yoke of bondage in your life as you make that confession. For those of you that have, you know what, man, my dependence has been on, I, man, I've really shifted off of Jesus. Today, as we pray that prayer, you would pray it again, breaking the yoke of bondage in your life whatever that may be, as you make a confession. You make a confession before the Lord Jesus Christ. So can we pray all together by faith? If we confess with our mouth that Jesus died for us and he rose again and we believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Not just for me seven when I was seven, but for today. 
and the next day, and the next day, the Lord's going to see me through. We'll see you through, through no matter what may happen, no matter what you're going through. So let's pray together. I'm, I'm in with you on this prayer. Jesus, and let's say with all confidence and with all faith believing, let's say again, Jesus, I don't want any other yoke but to be yoked with you. To be yoked with your body broken and your blood shed for me. I believe that you came 2,000 years ago and you came for one reason that we can be saved from our sins and have life eternal. And so you went to the cross, my sin being placed upon you and the sin of all mankind. And you hung on that cross, your body broken and blood bleed, or you bleeding to death You died, you were buried, and you rose again, taking the keys of death and hell. I give you complete reign in my life. I ask you to come into my life, be seated on the throne of my life. Jesus, you are Lord in my life. My faith is in you. Let every other yoke, the yoke of bondage, whatever it may be, be broken right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Yes. Hallelujah. If that was something that you said for the first time, I want you to know that your faith will not change from that. Jesus Christ and him crucified, his body and his blood broken for us. That's why we have communion, a reminder, let it go from age to age, your entire life, your entire existence, and from moment to moment. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.